Magic is power. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What is up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing well. I want to be here. I definitely want to be on the cast tonight, which is more than I can say about the Open this past weekend, which, which I wasn't thrilled to be at. It, you were. It was like insulting. It's like you know when you know when like you're 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 uh, like. Yeah, you have dinner and you just want you just want to like ah, I'm not hungry and then your mom's like there are starving kids in Africa yeah like that's yeah. what I wanted to be I'm like that's... there are kids they're the kids in the O2 bracket right now Pat that would love to have it yeah 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 um yeah I do feel a little bit bad about that it is probably a, a, in a sense also partially a coping mechanism uh, just to like so you don't get too hyped about yourself but also I was just like oh man. I know if like I knew I was doing well enough where like I probably have to come back for day two and like I wasn't really planning on coming back for day two because I already had plans that day so it didn't exactly work out there. Like every round you'd come over, I'm like how'd you do, Pat? And you'd be like, I won. Uh. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, we will get into that shortly. Uh, before we do, of course, we want to thank hipstersofthecoast.com. Uh, for bringing you guys Leaving Legacy every Friday to your ears. Also, you can find us on the Top Decked app as well. Um, Jerry, I can give a little Top Decked app plug right now. I used it this weekend for the SG pairings, and it was fantastic. I did not have to go to the pairings board. I didn't have to refresh the the page that SCG had that was working intermittently. I just got the push notifications to my phone and the email right to my phone, and I was like the first person to my table every round. It was the best. Yeah, I actually saw a bunch of people using it, and they yeah. all pretty much were echoing the same uh, same insight. Yeah, so yeah, good good on Lincoln. It's definitely making tournaments more enjoyable. Oh yeah, the big thing, Pat, is you got to get to that seat first, so you face the clock, so you're That's not right. like craning over, like you know when you do like that rubberneck to see yeah. that, how much time's left in the rounds. The, well, no. I never really have to worry about that. I finished, I finished, I'd say eighty <laughs> percent of my rounds in two games with thirty minutes left in the clock. That is. <laughs> That is not an exaggeration. I am dead serious. I don't think I, I think I only had two game threes in day one and nine rounds of magic. Um, and uh, it was wonderful. But um, all right. Also, uh, if you want to support the show directly, you can know you can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. You can support the show for as little as a dollar an episode. We have some awesome rewards, uh, sticker shout outs, play mats and more. Um, we also have this is this is in I wouldn't even call this in beta yet. This is an alpha Jerry and I have a uh, a new project uh, that's coming along for you guys. Uh, we got that a is a couple projects. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So, but one the the big one that I'm really excited about is supported by the by the Patreon uh, that we get um, and all of our awesome patrons and the in our Patreon family. So, um, I'm really excited to bring this to you. It's a new project. It's in a different medium than we've worked in previously. So that's also really exciting. So, um, I don't know. Just keep your keep your ears out, keep your eyes out, and uh, details will be coming shortly. But I'm really excited for that. So. Uh, it's, right. uh, it's the Leaving a Legacy interpretive dance group, right? <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, all right. So, Jerry, why don't you introduce – we have an awesome guest this week. Uh, I got to meet her um, at the Open on day two. Uh, she's a local player. Plays out in the Boston area, I believe. I hadn't gotten a chance to meet her until uh, until Sunday. But, Jerry, please uh, introduce our guest. 
Yeah, we got the wonderful Abby on tonight. How's it going? Hello. Thank you guys so much for inviting me to the chat. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I just thought, uh, you know, you had an awesome story to tell uh, just because you you are, you know, you played back in the day, but you're you've recently come back to Legacy. Is that correct? No. Yeah, that's exactly it. I pl- started playing like back in like 2004, 2003 time. And I like just really started playing Legacy, like kind of more competitively than I was. Yeah, so you just so I I met you at Pandemonium, which is one of our local shops here. Uh, what was it, like a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah, like a month uh, and a half ago. Yeah, and you you had like kind of just really gotten back into uh, Legacy at that point, and you you kind of had some duels from back in the day. But you know what kind of can you walk us through just uh, you know what it was like coming back to Magic from being away for so long? You know what brought you back, and uh, you know how was it putting a deck together kind of from a mix of old cards and coming back to all these new cards that have been printed over the years? Yeah, no, um, totally. I actually got back into Magic really funny story. I was in my last year of college and um, I lived on the same floor as these people that like really love to play EDH. And I had absolutely no idea what um, that was because the last time, you know, I played at that point was when Mana Burn and Type 1.5 was still what we called it. So um, they like really got got me back into Magic and I, you know, bought stuff for EDH decks as well. And the reason I decided um, to really start playing Legacy is because I didn't act. I started like falling out of love with EDH and Modern and things like that that they were playing. Um, I just had a lot of these older cards, like the Badlands and stuff like that, and I just wasn't using them. Um, And I love Reanimator. I found out that I (laughs) had four EDH decks. Every single one was Reanimator. I made um, the original, like really crappy um gristlebrand deck that used like fury of the horde (laughs) and that was miserable um and i was just like you know what i want to reanimate gristlebrand and that's exactly why i made red black um nice i pulled it together for gp new jersey actually um i like pulled all my edh decks put them in a backpack and like sunday took like a a bus down to do the um like Sunday double like rewards challenge thing. Um, and I was like, like the, on the, the bus s- pulling things from EDH decks to throw into a sideboard. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> and I ended up going three, one that day and I got me another duel, which was awesome. And I fell in <laughs> wow, love with the deck. Nice. <laughs> awesome. So wait, it was like, uh, so it was a side event and three, one was enough to get a duel or was it like several events? No, nah, it was one side event. One side event going three one gets a duel. That's that's pretty damn good. Yeah, it was like four hundred tickets and got me like a plateau, and that was like I mean that, it's like a plateau, but still that's technically a duel. <laughs> technically a duel. Uh, Bera, who we had on a couple weeks, would uh, definitely argue for uh, plateau's inclusion in the ranks. No, yeah, his like red white. I like listen to that. Awesome. So, uh, what what kind of draws you to Reanimator? I don't know. I just um. I, like, for some reason, even, like, back in the day when I, like, played Standard during, like, Ravnica and Kamigawa block, like, Gorio's Vengeance was my favorite card, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I have no idea why. Just the idea of like cheating and not having to play lands is kind of cool. That's why I love Manalist Dredge, but I just don't have the like balls to be able to play it because I need <laughs> I like need the mana as like a safety net. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were telling me on Sunday about like the standard deck that you played back in the day with like Dark Confidant and Reanimator targets. Yeah. That was awesome. Um like my brother actually made the deck, but he um like we used to play together all the time and the Dark Confidants and stuff were all mine. Um and it was super cool. It was like the Greater Gifts deck. Um that showed up kind of competitively a little bit, but it had like a little bit of tweaks and that we just really needed the draw power that Dark Confidant gave. So even if we had to eat like six life for, you know, flipping a Kakusho, it doesn't feel as bad. Because you're just going to like <laughs> gain 10 after when you Gorios right. Vengeance him or through the Breach him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So kind of from the beginning, you uh, you loved Reanimator. How was uh, how difficult was it, you know, putting together a competitive uh legacy deck i mean you had the the edh decks but you know what did you find you were kind of missing what did you what did you kind of need to pull together like did you use any substitutes to start off with um honestly i literally had the entire red black list oh really oh that's convenient (laughs) start i had not even a sideboard my sideboard like that i actually brought to that event in new jersey was like extremely loose I had Leyline of um, the Sanctity, which I have heard some uh, negative feedback about. <laughs> what? What? Oh, don't even get Jerry Star on Leyline of Sanctity. <laughs> I oh my! So both Adam Cohen and Jason, uh, two of my fellow Sneak and Show cohorts, who have been huge proponents of Leyline of Sanctity, both came up to me at Star City Games on Sunday and were like, yeah, man, I, I think it's I think it's time to just I think it's time to cut Leyline of Sanctity from the sideboard. And I was like ready to break down in tears. I'm like, finally, <laughs> finally. I, 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 I still think there are some in some instances and in some metas where it makes sense to have those. Yeah. Yeah, um, when Storm makes up more than 50% of your meta, it's okay to run Leyline I, I wouldn't even say 50%. But, like, there's <laughs> yeah, a lot of Storm on Magic Online. I think right, it's like, like 49%. <laughs> I still think it's I think it's partially defensible, especially if you're a newer player to use a, a card like that, personally. And that's not a knock against you, Abby, because I've, I actually had a playset in my uh, sneaker show list as well. Um I still think that it is definitely defensible at some point. Um, and I think, like, especially Black Red probably has an even more difficult time recovering from, like, a thought-seized uh, reanimation spell than Sneaky Show does from from having one of their pieces removed. Just because Sneaky Show has the ability to to search for, for more pieces of their combo, whereas Black Red, you're kind of a slave to the top of your deck, I would imagine, most times. No, yeah, I think um, that's totally accurate. Um, our best... Uh... Like, draw is kind of the mulligan if we don't get it. So mm-hmm. I think if that happened, and that actually did happen to me at the Open, I got Gitaxian uh, uh, probed and then um, Cabal therapied, and that really didn't oh. feel good. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah, just kind of sit there. Yeah, that's never a fun time. Or when they, they start therapying you and they have, like, a mentor out and they're just, like, sacking tokens to get the free therapy flashbacks. It's 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 rough. Did you it's watch really my feature badge? <laughs> oh yeah, you got like so many feature matches there over the course of the tournament. 
Yeah, it was weird, man. I like I wasn't like the camera person, but I like sat up there twice and I like I mean, the first time fine, I was 50. Um but the second one, I was like 72 and like on the 17th seat or something. I, I, did you find it a little bit unnerving even though you're not in like a like on camera to be up there singled out playing your match? Yeah, so unnerving. Like so many yeah. people gathered around you and like I'm like pretty new. Um and it was really awkward because, like, I noticed the camera for my first one. I noticed the camera was like literally pointing at my face, and I like <laughs> realized my body posture was like in the worst, like unflatteringest, terriblest <laughs> position ever. It it does like it does add like a weird dimension to the to when you're playing. You're, you're I've I I had a few feature matches at the uh, the TJ's event a few uh, actually it was probably like a year ago now actually. And um, I think only one of them ended up being on camera because they were on the other other table. But it was, like, a little bit unnerving to know that people are watching you play. And it's just, like, another added level of stress, I think, that comes with playing Tournament Magic. So it's good to hear that other people have had that same experience that I did. See, what you just got to do is get into a Twitter flame war with Star City <laughs> Games on, uh, like, the week before. <laughs> like, I was sitting at table three, and they're like, and the feature matches for this round, uh, tables one, two, and four, please report to the feature matches. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me a few times. I was at, like, table one or two uh, a few times, or, like, ta- like, like, and like it would go like the table before me, and then eight tables after me with like some some dude who's like always on the SCG feature matches, and it's like, oh, it's like, come on, man! Like you should know some of the locals here. It'd be cool to have have those feature matches on camera, but um, it, I mean, it also is what it is. Like we all know that like they have their own they have their own narrative to push, so, and I can respect that. You know, they like people being on the uh, on the the SCG circuit or whatever. I, I so. was playing against Noah Walker, so I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's in defense. That, that's in defense. That's like, like a win win. Tables, one, yeah, one get two, like and a, four. a local known heel versus like a popular car, a like, heel. <laughs> don't don't talk about Noah that way. No. <laughs> Zing. Um, oh, yeah. you you were referring to me. Oh, of course oh, I was. Yeah, I, lo- I love Noah, even though he knocked me out of the TJ's tournament. I told you he's like my end boss, man. He's great. He's, he's a super nice guy, actually. Um, but yeah, so 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 the tournament was great. Um, I know we kind of wanted to go down our 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 tournament tournament report, so to speak. Who wanted to lead us off here? To be honest, I um, don't remember every single match that I played. Mm-hmm. Um, I I knew I like faced a couple. Um, I faced elves in the first game. I pretty much went. To three games every single game. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. So well, I that's ended a, that up makes for like a long day. <laughs> twenty-seven. Yeah, totally. Twenty-seven matches at the end of it. I think Ooh. I only didn't like go. Uh, I went o two on the feature match, of course. <laughs> um, but I I know I played elves, um, and that is a pretty favorable matchup for red black. Mm-hmm. Um, when I reanimated Iona on this on the third game, and there was really nothing that guy could do. So. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went uh, faced Charbelcher, which was actually terrifying. I have <laughs> never played a Charbelcher deck, and I was like, "Yeah, turn one, reanimate." Oh, okay, doesn't help. Great. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Belcher is uh, one of those decks that um, is if you haven't had a lot of experience against it, which I I haven't either. It is terrifying to play against, especially if you're not running any permission like like Black Red does. 
Yeah, I mean, but then, like, the second and third game, I had Chancellor. I just, like, mauled to five until I got Chancellor on the third one, (laughs) because, nope, I was definitely going to die if I didn't do that. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, Any other matches stick out in your mind? Yeah, I mean, um, actually, I did some, like, really cool stuff, and that's why um, I'm, like, super proud that I went day two, but even the match that I lost, I turned one hard cast to Gristlebrand with three... Um, Dark Rituals, a lotus petal, and a <laughs> swamp. That's amazing. <laughs> and that was pretty awesome. <laughs> that's a, that's fantastic. I know. And then, but I immediately got Caracas because I was playing Death in Texas. But I mean, it just felt oh, so no. pretty good. <laughs> Whatever. You know, it's a moral victory. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty great. And then, um, my very last match of um, day one. Um, so I was like six two at the time. Um, so it was, one of us was going to day two. Um, he, I, I won turn one, he won turn two, or game two, and then I freaking had to mull to four because I didn't get any lands. But then on my fourth was the, like, the nut hand. It was Lotus Petal, land, reanimate, and tomb. Oh. So (laughs) So I got there. man. (laughs) So you were just, Uh, you just, you just went into day two, like, on a roll there. Yeah, I mean, I had some tough matchups as well. Um, mm-hmm. I had to play, like, Mud, which was, like, really hard. That mm-hmm. one took a lot of thinking, and um, that one also went to uh, three games. But um, I, the two decks that I lost to was, like, this really cool Esper Mentor deck, um, and then Death oh, and Taxes. Nice. Yeah, Death and Taxes is rough. Yeah. Um. And then this this was is this was like your first big main event, right? Like you've done side events. Have you done any like major events before? Nope. This was my first event. More than like a hundred people. Even the event at like GP uh, New Jersey was like I think like seventy five or something like that. Oh, that that's amazing. That's like a huge accomplishment. That really like to day to an event like that. Congratulations. I know. Honestly. Yeah. I think the reason was because of my spicy sideboard. It was, like, 100% because of that. Oh, yeah? You want to go of your sideboard? Please? Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, um, <laughs> sure. So um, my sideboard's, like, sort of standard, except for um, I do the green splash. I actually do a green-blue splash. Ooh. Um, so it's, like, weirdly four colors. But um, so I board in um, Reverend Silence for the, like, the I have a one-of Reverend Silence for Leyline. Um, just praying that no one ever plays that. And day one, no one did. Um, and then I also have two show and tell in my sideboard. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I figured everyone has like 30 copies of surgical construction at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, show and tell is pretty good. So you're just going for like the super greedy four man, four color deck post board. Yeah. It's like crazy. I mean, I played Grixis Delver, and he was like, what? Why do you have a Delta? And I was like, you'll see. And it was pretty great. Oh, but then I also went into, um, like, I felt like I was playing Grixis Delver when I reanimated their um, Death Rite. We, like, went into the, he'll tap and remove his land, but I'll, like, tap in response. Never did that before, so that was kind of fun. (laughs) So, did you find kind of like you were pushed off any colors? Like you, you won the Grixis Delver matchup. Did they just not have the wasteland, or did you find yourself like choked on mana at any point? Um, the first day, um, 
sometimes the deck runs like thir- my deck runs 13 lands, so that definitely happens. Um but I was pretty uh, like pretty lucky honestly that I had at least two lands in my hand um most of the time and if I mulliganed it would, you know, have two lands. I never had to like really keep something that was like super questionable except for like the occasional like two lotus petal I'll keep it. Um mm-hmm. But then day two was brutal. I had to mull to four once, and I it was no lands at seven, no lands at six, no lands at five, no lands at four. Yeah, that gets rough. I know, and that so, just happened over and over again. I I can't even count the number of times I mull again day two. Uh, so yeah, day two was just kind of a totally different story. Yeah, day two, I went like, I lost the first five games. Like, the first one was another feature match, Damn. which was against... Um, death and taxes again i was like Oof. god why um but um then like it was like delver delver um, i had like an eldrazi in there as well and it was just like mm. constant just like no lands and i was like have no idea why Ugh. Ugh. yeah that's that's ultimately why i didn't run sneak and show for this event is i've just been running so cold with it lately where i cannot keep a seven to save my life like every game is mulliganing and i just didn't want to do that in a 15 round tournament yeah and it just adds the so much time and people like i didn't know like people took your deck to shuffle it after and that was just like adding more time (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, you spend like fifteen minutes resolving mulligans because your opponent like insists on pile shuffling your deck after every single time you yeah, have mulligan. Like, damn, like okay, fine, but jeez. So yeah, that was like pretty brutal. And then the last game was, I felt kind of bad, but then I didn't. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, my last game. Um, I like was just like so tired of losing it was just like draining and i like you know missed a couple chancellor triggers during the day already it's just that morale of like that game one game two game three like loss it just really like psychs you out and then it makes you like have misplays yeah just builds and builds yeah and And you play looser and looser because you just give up no yeah exactly (laughs) and so then the last game i just was like all right let's let's just put on this hoodie, let's put on my jacket, you know, and I'm going to win this. And, you know, I was like, didn't miss any triggers, you know, did everything super tight. And I 2-0'd him, but, you know, he was in the round for prize and I was like kind of on the border. So if I conceded to him, he for sure would have been um, in the top 64. But I was like holding out hope that it would work. And I 100p dream crushed this man. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So whoever you are, man, if you remember, I and if I see you again, I totally owe you a drink. But <laughs> sorry. Oh, just dream crush both of you guys out of prizes. Yeah, but whoever's well, in sixty fourth, you owe me a drink. Well, th- the thing is, so we ran into uh, uh, Etai at uh, the rest. Uh, we went to like this restaurant, uh, Mexican restaurant af- afterwards. And uh, Etai, the uh, the Death and Taxes player, yeah. the guy, he's the one who invented the uh, red white Death and Taxes. Uh, we were talking to him and talking about that story, and he actually put it a, a great way. It's like, 
you know, why do you necessarily have to be nice to this stranger sitting in front of you? Like by scooping to him to so that he can get into top sixty four, all you're doing is dream crushing someone else who it, wouldn't have been exactly. Yeah, exactly. And also, I'm big on like. Uh, at that 2.5K, I was playing against a kid in, in round, what was it, seven or whatever, because I think it was seven or eight rounds. And we were bo- we were in, like, 27th and 28th place, and I'm like, look, I think if we draw, one of us doesn't get prizes. So I was like, we're going to play it out. And, like, I crushed him, and that was fine. But, like, I, I would rather play it out than, like, draw or scoop to someone and not – and you know what I mean? Just, like you said, crush someone else out of prizes who's not even part of that match. Like, someone else is out there playing yeah. Magic, trying to win, and, like – just by scooping it up and, and being nice to some stranger, you can like crush someone else's dreams. So yeah, no, I like totally. making him win it. Yeah, like I, like you could you could walk away from that and like go to your friend, and then your friend makes pri- uh, misses prizes on breakers, and you're like, oh, I was just randomly nice to the stranger and dream crushed my friend by mistake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> That's exactly. also funny though. The two people we ran into at the restaurant, Etai and Phil, are the two people that I lost to. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Oh, on the on yeah. my future matches too. I lost to Phil, who was playing them, um, like the Esper Mentor deck, and that was oh, like I was gonna say, bad. yeah, it sounded like the Brainstorm Brewery uh, brew. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you lost to Phil and Etai, those are two very good players to lose to. So yeah, <laughs> no, I did, I didn't feel bad. Like I feel like everybody at day two was just so good. Like I was like, you know what. My goal was to not go 0-4, and I didn't go 0-4, so I was yeah, like, very crushed, proud of myself, especially yeah. for my first like big event. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm like, I'm, I love that's such a great story too. Like, I think day twoing that is is such a great uh, accomplishment. No, thank you. I mean, I am pretty proud, and I think that like shows legacy is totally accessible. I mean, I have been playing Magic for a long time, and um, but still, like, competitive Magic is not like super scary. And one of the nice things, though, is at this tournament, I fully expected to hear some, like, neg- negative things to, like, because I'm a lady, but mm-hmm. everybody was, like, super nice. I didn't get any shit at all during the day, and that was, like, very refreshing. Because I remember awesome. when I was younger, that is not true. That That's a really interesting, and I mean, I don't know how, how deep we want to get into that, but, like, have you seen sort of a, a shift to be more welcoming to women overall? No, I I think it has. I mean, um, I still occasionally get the derogatory, like, something, like, rude or something. Mm -hmm. But I have definitely, like, 100% seen a change. There's so many more women Magic players, like, so much more inclusion in the game. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, like, beneficial for the game's longevity in the long run because, you know, there's 50% women in this world, so you got to, like, cater to them at least not to be mean that's mm-hmm. kind of all we're asking <laughs> right. like if you're gonna shut off uh 50 of the world's market that's uh that's a lot of dollars wizards are seeing out the door yeah so, yeah totally yeah. all right anything else you wanted to share from your event before uh i guess we can talk about pat's eeyore experience <laughs> 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 uh, any anything any closing thoughts abby no nah, i'm excited to hear i mean I was so happy to win every game. I can't even imagine being like, oh, I, lost. I won. <laughs> I know. Rumble, he's really Rumble. unappreciative and he should be ashamed of it. <laughs> the starving kids who didn't, who were 0-2. Yeah, starving kids in Africa would love to date too, Pat. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, it was it was like bittersweet. Like I said, I, I 
I don't consider this a humble brag because I really was generally kind of like, oh, like I don't really want to come back here on Sunday, but I know getting to day two is like a big thing, and like I haven't day two and open yet. Like I day two Vegas, but like day two and open is maybe even harder because it's seven and two versus six and three. Um, yeah. But uh, but all right, so round I mean, one. That's 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 literally harder, Pat. Yeah. It is harder. <laughs> Well, I also I also think, and this is going to sound stupid, but I think the level of competition at an, an SCG Open is probably a little higher than like your your Grand Prix, even if it's all the way in Vegas. Like, I think your level of play is just a little bit higher in that in that event. I would say compared to Vegas, because you're just going to get so many people who are like, "Well, I'm here, so I might as well play the event." Right, right. Or people who are like, "Oh, I'm going to make a whole weekend out of it." Who are traveling to the GP because it's in Vegas rather than like right. they want to top eight it, you know. Right, where especially Star City Worcester has kind of become known as a hotspot with yeah. the big oh, yeah. uh, legacy events. Yep. Like it was a star-studded uh, uh, showing it for was. that event. Like people flew in from all over the country. Uh, some of the best legacy players in the country uh, were at that event. Yep. So the competition in the room was really high. Yeah, it's totally. making me feel real good for day twoing. <laughs> you should. I'm, I'm t- I still. That's why we invited <laughs> you yeah, on. It's a huge deal. Yeah, I can't under under or, or oversell that enough. Like how. It's a it's a huge accomplishment. Um, all right, so uh, round one, I played against uh, a guy who was on, he was on Jund or not Jund. Uh, he was on like, um, punish. What is it? Punishing Jund with like uh, Bob's it's and a, it's Agro. Yeah, Agro. Agro. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. I, I'm, I love how I had to take notes I, for. I forgot. <laughs> I for, well, you know what? I wrote I wrote Jund, and then I'm like, no, that's not what it was. It was ag- it was on Agro Loam, and uh, so so game one. Um, I just like got quick Delver beats on him. It, it, it's Delver and Swiss Sphere beats, and I got him down to. So I had he had like he had like lethal on board because I was facing down like um, a big knight and also a large Tarmogoyf. Um So I did the gamble of well, I'm at nine. I can probably survive maybe one turn if I leave back a blocker if he doesn't have removal for it. Um, and I'm just gonna hope that he dies to his Bob when he flips the top card. So I put him to two, and he flips over abrupt decay. Uh, so he, he died, and then we went to game two, and I just I just crushed him. Like I think he had to he had to mold a five to five, and I mold a six. Um, and his opening hand was like, or when I probed him, it was like knight cabal therapy, Ramanap excavator, another knight, and like a tranquil thicket maybe. Um, so he was a little choked on mana for game two, and I just kind of rolled over him. Um, and then round two, I played against Miracles, um, and I don't think there was not really like a whole lot to talk about in those games. I think, uh, like, game one, I just got, like, a good beat on with, uh, with a Swiss Spear and a Delver, and just, just, like, really took him down. Like, he was on, like, the, obviously, Mentor Miracles, and I just kept him off Mentor. Um, and then game two, he, when he... When I beat him, he had, like, a, a handful of, like, counter magic, but nothing really to answer my threats that are already developed, so... Um, and then round three, I played against Storm, and Storm was like a matchup that I've had issues with with Blue Red Delver, um, only because uh, I find Storm a little difficult to. I'm not. I I still haven't figured out exactly when I'm forced to counter spells and when you just kind of let things resolve. Um, so that did end up going to three games. Um, I think I lost the I lost the first game when I had him at two and he went off, which kind of felt bad. Um, and then game three. Uh, sorry, game two. Uh, he stumbled on mana, and I think when I killed him with uh, I killed him with like a fire blast, but like he had like um, he had a handful of like f- 
full of gas, but I also had a hand of like double force of will, fluster storm, days, days. So I, I was like in pretty good shape in that match if he tried to go off. Um, and then game three, I think he uh, he stumbled on mana. He just couldn't get anything going, and then he finally uh, like got to got to seven spells on the stack in game three, and uh, so he like. He he like thought sees he, he no he didn't thought sees me I'm trying to remember how it went but like he cracked oh you know what it was he cracked his three LEDs to play tutor to discard tutor and dis so he like played his his infernal tutor discarded his last card which is another infernal tutor and so in response I brainstormed the force of will that I left on top of my deck in case he had thought seized me um, and that was that's all it took to, to kill him there um, and then let's see round four um, I didn't oh I was against uh, show and tell. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. It was against Reanimator. It was Blue Black Reanimator. I actually played Blue Black Reanimator. I think twice in this. In this, uh... that's yeah, that's surprising. Yeah, we haven't really seen very much Blue Black Reanimator. Yeah, I think it was out more than than normal. Um, so yeah, round four, I mulled a five game one, but still beat him. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I beat him on a mold of five. Um, and then game two, uh, oh no, game two was he? Yeah, he also died. Drew fourteen in that game. And died to a bolt when he couldn't find a daze. Um, round five, I played against our friend Jordan. He was playing Maverick. And I think that that matchup is pretty solidly in Blue Red Delver's favor just because they are fetching out so many non-basics. Um, uh, I just kept him off. I tried to keep him off Knight. I tried to keep him off um, Stoneforge Mystic because if he lands like a sort of fire and ice, it's a little tough for me to deal with. Um, but just keeping him off those and being able to price him out of the game uh, got me there. Um, and then round six, I played against Blue Black Reanimator again. And so this tournament, I played the same 75 that I played at Etsy, where I didn't bring in... I didn't have any, uh, any like, Graph Diggers cages on my sideboard. I was just playing a pair of Surgical Extractions, which, like, in retrospect, I, I wholeheartedly love, because I think that it's a little bit more versatile than the cages, and uh, a little more difficult for them to deal with. Um... So nothing really to talk about in this one. Like it was just, it did go to three games. Um, he did resolve a grizzle brand in game one, which I died to. Um, and then games two and three, I think he just, he couldn't, I was just able to keep him off his, <clears throat> keep him off his, uh, uh reanimate spells. Uh, round. So now I'm six. Oh, around seven. I played against, uh, Grixis. Um, and I think this was my first loss was in round seven. Um, uh, this is actually, I think it was against John. I think he actually ended up going to top eight. Uh, John Suiknik. Suiknik. I went to college with him. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he ended up coming in fifth. Um, he was on Grixis. Uh, the Grixis matchup I think is, is, um, probably even for, for Blue Red Delver. It just, it came down to, I could not get enough, his death right shamans off the board in time, um, which are able to claw him back into the game. Um, and then let's see, round eight. I play against this absolute scrub. I don't know how he got. I don't know how he was like <clears throat> seven. And, All right. So he was like seven and one in round eight. But I played against this scrub Jerry. We're, hold on. Who like we're first of all was super. This. He was super mad that I wouldn't just scoop him in. Like he was no. like, legit oh, mad. Man. <laughs> so so the whole day, like the whole the story is the whole day. I'm I'm talking to Jerry between rounds. I'm like, oh man, Jerry, like I don't want to be here. I just want to go home. And and I'm like, listen, Jerry, if we get if we get paired up, I'm just going to scoop to you. And he's like, okay, okay, literally okay. after every then, match. Okay, literally and after then, every match. Then, yeah, Jerry, if we get paired, I'm just going to scoop to you and go and then, home. And so in round eight, I get paired against I get paired against this guy Dan. But then like we're like two minutes into our match, and they like they come over and they're like, hey, 
we've repaired uh, some of these uh, some of these seats. Dan, you're going to come over here, and they they're like, you're going to get a new a new uh, opponent. And so Jerry comes walking over, and he's like, oh, like of course Jerry's going to play. And so as we're shuffling, I'm like, I'm like, he's like, so you just scooped me? I said, no, Jerry, you're going to have to beat me. You're going to have to earn the you, win. Yeah. With with a twinkle in your eye, like wink, wink, nudge, nudging. Uh, no, I, like I'm I'm laughing because I'm gonna make you beat me. I'm not gonna like just scoop to you. <laughs> yeah, no, not how not how I heard it. Yeah, well, you because you, you heard it as ooh, free win. You were already thinking about the next round. You weren't even thinking about the guy in front of you. Yeah, uh, exactly. Which is why I played this game so freaking loose. Like oh, I would please. not have kept the hand. I beat. Be, so oh, Jerry God, Jerry mulls to six in game one. I mulled a five and still crush him. Still beat you in game one, <laughs> yeah. but then. Game two, I think I think I kept a threat that was a little uh, a hand that was a little light threat, and I had to mold a five, and I just couldn't get there. And like Deathrite Shaman just pulled you out of that game. It was super, it was super good in that matchup. And then game, yeah, it's a busted card. Yeah, <laughs> and then game three, I think you resolved a Gurmag Angler, and I just couldn't get a threat on board to to answer it, and you just beat me down with it. Um, but uh, like just a side note, uh, Tassiger did work in like a game game two more than I expected. Um, that was pretty impressive. Um, oh but- yeah, that that game Gurmag saved my ass because I think I activated or not Gurmag uh, Tasker. I think I activated Tasker like four times. Over yeah, it was like it was match. like three or four times. Or it was game. yeah, it was like super valuable. I think um, which was good because that also helps you power out. Like you were saying, it helps you power out your your anglers quicker. Um, so that was good. And then so so round nine, I'm like I'm like six and two, and I'm like oh, fuck. I'm like all right, so. I face another kid, this young kid, Alec, and he's like, oh, this is my first big legacy event. I'm like, great. I'm going to crush him. I'm just going to dream crush him. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to scoop to him so he can play day two. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Even if I don't come back tomorrow, I'm not going to let him get in. So he's on burn, which is like a notoriously difficult matchup, in my opinion, for Blue Red Delver, especially in like in game one. I have six cards in my main deck that are just useless against him. Like my four... Um, my four probes are just useless. Like I have to pay mana for them. I don't ever want to have to They're actually pay mana bad. for. Yeah, actively bad. And then my two price of progresses are actually worse for me than for him. Um, so, so those are like minimum six cards in my in my main deck that I don't want to cast uh, against against burn. Um, so. Game one, like all, every game went down to the wire. Game one, um, I can't even remember what happened, but I think it, it was just like resolve. It, basically, like if I'm able to stick a threat and keep him off his threats and like let him like not let him burn me out, it it's a, a little easier of a game to win. I know that sounds like simplistic, but I can't really put it another way than that. Like he will get to critical mass where I cannot counter everything he has in his hand. So you just have to really be very picky and choosy as what you counter. Sometimes you just have to take a bolt to the face and like, yeah, that's fine when you're in a position to daze it. But, you know, you have to daze like either the price of progress or the fire blast that's coming because that's going to be more valuable. Um, and then so I, I picked up game one. I think he beat me game game two and then game three again was just like not a lot to speak of. I think he was on. Oh, I think he barbarian ringed me for for the winning game, two, And then game three, I was able to just like land a threat and just and just and just beat down with a. I'm trying to remember. I think it was um, Storm Chaser Mage, which is like awkwardly good in that matchup, just because um, it's like a pitchable forceable target, which is nice because you need for, like to to force like the bolts, uh, the uh, fire blasts, and you need to you need to uh, force the 
uh, Price of Progresses when they come, or like the Pyrostatic Pillar, which I like. I was just it was like towards the end of the day. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And then I'm like, shit, I really needed to like not let him resolve that card, and that's why I lost game two, which was very winnable uh, outside of Pyrostatic Pillar. Um, but like also, it's just awkward because they have a hard time. Like uh, they can't like Searing Blaze or Searing Blood. Um, him they can't they can bolt him but they always run the chance of like even if they're able to pay for days or or you know i can like even just brainstorm a response to pump my guy and they can't kill him so it's a little awkward for them um and then uh let's see day two day two did not go my way honestly like i played show and tell in the first in the first round and bug delver in the second round and like like every single like game i think i had to Either Mulligan or kept Sneaky like show should be like a super favorable would, match. Yeah, like too. you would think that, and like I just I just could not get any threats. Like I had to mold a six in game one, and game two I I kept a, a really creature light hand, but it had like a lot of remo- a lot of permission in it. I'm like ah, like am I gonna get a better six in this? I don't know. And I kept it against kind of probably against what I should have done, and just he was able to resolve omniscience, and then Emrakul made a death. And then game two, I think it was a uh, he sneak attacked Emrakul. Like, <clears throat> there's just not a lot. I, like he was able to ponder, ponder, brain. You know how the like the that place all goes. It's like ponder, ponder, brainstorm, build a hand with enough permission and enough to, to like force through their their pieces and just and then just win the game. So it was a little disappointing. And then my bug delver opponent, who were like both my day two opponents were actually. All my opponents throughout the entire um, throughout the entire event were awesome, so I had a very similar experience that you did, Abby. Um, uh, they were all great, but again, just like Bug Delver, just again kept really threat light hands. I had my opponent down to two in game one and still lost. Um, and then uh, game two, uh, in game two was just again just kept a threat light hand and just couldn't get there. So it was a little bit of a of a, a sobering experience in day two. Like I was, you know, not like super excited to be there, and I think I wasn't playing my best magic. And then kept some pretty loose hands, so it just teaches me to be a little bit more uh, aggressive with my mulligans, I guess. And you know when I'm playing that kind of magic, but at the same time, like being able to to be six zero on day one and then end up day twoing, uh, still making day two was really really exciting in, in the uh, in retrospect. And I'm, I am proud of that. And um, yeah, I had a really good, I had a, a good time. Like had good opponents. It was just I was like the my mindset wasn't perfectly there, so. Um, in a uh, in an ideal world, I would have been more excited for that for, to be at seven and two. You know what I mean? But um, but in retrospect, I, I'm still I'm still really happy with the perf- my performance and um, uh, it's, it's, you're just ungrateful. It's cool. No, no, I, I should I don't mean you know you know what I mean though. Like you know how you just like you just like go to like you feel like I felt very compelled to go to uh, a, an open that's in my backyard. You know what I mean? Um, it's hard to turn that down and just I I wish. I wish like things in my personal life weren't so hectic so I could dedicate more of my mind space and like my free time to a hobby where like I feel like I sacrifice a lot of my family time to play. You know what I mean? If I go out and play an event, it's like literal time out of like the very limited time I have with my wife and kid. I know I always complain like bitch about it and I I don't mean to to go on and on about it, but that is like a real factor in my life is like uh do I want to spend the day with my wife and kids who are like I really don't get to hang out with my wife like at all throughout the week because we work opposite shifts? Or do I want to go like go play magic? And that's really, really hard to get my mind in the mindset of like, oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna go play magic today. So um but anyway, it was it was a really good event. I got to see a lot of great people. Um Erin flew in from from uh from the Midwest. She hung out with uh with Kate and Aaron all weekend and uh, it was great to see her and just 
all the great people of our, of our legacy scene up there. Uh, got to see Tom Smiley, who I haven't seen in a minute because uh, he's got a little newborn at home. Well, not a newborn anymore. I think his son's almost nine months old. But um, uh, shout out to Tom. Uh, it was really good to see him out there. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good event. Uh, round turnovers were good, and uh, yeah, I look I look forward to the next one, man. Yeah. So so Jerry, tell us about your tournament because you also had a great day one. I did. I had a, I had a decent day too, but day one was definitely uh, better. Uh, so right off the bat, uh, round one, I played against Drew, uh, local here, and uh, he was on ad nauseum tendrils. Um, and he like led off with Gitaxian probe and saw my hand that I had uh, like thought seizes in my hands. Um, and he so he went for like a super early. Uh, empty the Warrens and made uh, eight goblins on turn one uh, just because I think he didn't think he would be able to kind of reassemble his hand mm-hmm. uh, after I would pick it up because like I'm running Thoughtseize and Collective Brutality and Force of Will and yeah he's like that's a lot to fight man. through <laughs> right and oh yeah and also just for uh, I was playing uh, Bug Delver again the one I've talked about on the cast mm-hmm. for the last couple episodes uh, that I that I've been Running through several of them. Uh, bef- so. And before we get too far into, did you change anything in the main deck, or were you pretty much running the sixty you've been you've been talking about? So last minute, I trimmed the third thought scour for a dismember, mm-hmm. and that dismember was actually huge all day. Yeah, uh, like I killed so many Gurmag anglers. Uh, like it, it came. I was really happy with trimming the thought scour for the dismember. Uh, it was an all star. Okay. Um, and then the other change was. I cut in engineered explosives in the sideboard, so I went from two engineered explosives to one engineered explosives uh, for a Liliana the Last Hope. Um, but other than that, my list was the same from uh, when we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the action. Uh, game one, so it's ad nauseum, and he just goes for a super early turn one, empty the warrants, makes eight uh, goblin tokens, mm-hmm. and I just go Deathrite Shaman. And thank God Deathrite Shaman's a one-two for some godforsaken reason. <laughs> it's the only reason why I lived in this game. Um, I was I was able to uh, just, like, block with Deathrite Shaman, and I thought-scoured myself and super luckily hit a Gurmag Angler off the Deathrite Shaman, putting a creature in the graveyard. <laughs> um, so I was able to fetch out a Tropical Island, uh, with my Deathrite Shaman, I eventually played like a second Deathrite Shaman, and I was able to stabilize on two life because I hit that Gurmag Angler with the Thought Scour. Um, so I was able to stabilize, uh, get it so he couldn't attack with his eight goblins. They just weren't quite enough, and uh, I was able to just like claw my way back into the game and eventually just take the game from him. Um, and then game two, he molded to six, and I just had like. Thoughtseize, Days, Force of Will, Delver of Secrets, mm-hmm. and he just he just couldn't do it. So um, that was round one. Uh, round two, I played against uh, Jake, who was on Red Black Reanimator. And game one, I just had, like, Days, Force of Will at all the perfect moments. Um, game two, I mulled to six, and he just, he just straight up had the god hand, and he just steamrolled me. <laughs> Um, and then game three, uh, he, he mulled again 
And I was like, I was worried uh, a judge was going to come over and like pull me aside because looking at my hand, I'd be like, man, I would be suspicious if I saw my hands. Like <laughs> when the game ended, I had uh, a force, two force of wills in my graveyard and my hand was force of will and four dazes. <laughs> against the red black reanimator and i'm just like man this looks suspicious <laughs> um so i was able to take that one just because i got super lucky on my draws um round three i played against joe uh who was on grixis delver and uh it was the death Knight shaman matchup and i won the die roll so pat you want to take a guess to as to how my 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 match went uh i i have this feeling of like you echoing in the back of my head well when i won the die roll with days backup i won and when i lost the die roll my <laughs> opponent had death Knight shaman with days backup and he won yeah that's that's how that's how the meta <laughs> is you know if you win the die roll in the death Knight shaman mirror you're like 90% favored to win the game <laughs> Um, a fun moment in that, uh, match though, was, uh, he had two Delver of Secrets flipped out, uh, when I was on six life and I top decked Maelstrom Pulse Oof. and I Maelstrom Pulsed his Delver of Secrets for like the severe blowout for the win. <laughs> <laughs> so that felt super good. Uh, so that felt good. <laughs> um... So uh, round four, I played against Daniel Miller, uh, who I actually found out later is the Dan Miller. Uh, he's the he's pretty well known miracles player. Uh, super nice guy. He oh, was actually one of my favorite. Opponents he was my he was day. the opponent I was paired with before I got repaired and had you as an opponent. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He's a he's a super funny guy. Like uh, we just had like a great rapport going back and forth. Like we were making jokes. Like you know how you just have those opponents that you just like instantly click yeah. with, and you just have the same sense of humor, yeah. and it's just a fun game no matter who wins. Shout out to his um, ridiculous that, tokens, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had like he had like uh from like the Operation Desert Storm Dan Quail <laughs> card. He had his <laughs> his yeah. So all of his tokens for his mentors were like. He said the Snow White one is like a picture of Snow White doing a line of coke. It's like, <laughs> it was yeah. a little, uh, it, was, it was funny. It was, yeah, it was really, so he was, he was an awesome, one of my favorite uh, people to play against uh, the entire day. Um, but he was on Miracles. And um, so uh, we we were playing the games and uh, I forget what happened game one, but he took it. Game two, I brought in uh, Liliana, the last hope, and I ended up playing her and I ulted her, <laughs> but I was such a scrub and I like I just added Liliana to the sideboard and I wasn't like expecting her to ult that day. So I didn't have any tokens <laughs> on Scumbag. <laughs> oh, uh, but he was he was uh, he was nice enough to loan me his entreat the angels tokens <laughs> for my zombie tokens. And uh, yeah, that Liliana ult is Backbreaking, like I don't know anything that can come back from that. Just like an automatic two goblin, to uh, two zombie tokens that doubles every turn. Like it, it you can't, you can't beat that. So uh, I was able to take that uh, matchup pretty handily. And then game three, it came down to I had a Gurmag Angler and a True Name Nemesis in play, and he had two Entreat the Angels in play, and we're racing back and forth. 
and he unexpectedly absents for zero my Germag angler, <laughs> which is like blew me out for the win game three. <laughs> um, so that I picked up my first loss uh, round four. But I mean, if I had to lose to anyone, he was a good guy to lose to. Um, so uh, round five, I versed uh, John, who was on sneak. And so that was your first loss, um, too, right? Yeah, against Miracles, yeah. round four. That was my first yeah. loss. Um, so next round, I was against John on Sneak and Show, and uh, that's a pretty favorable matchup. I mean, anytime you play Sneak and Show, it can you kind of on the edge of your seat just because they can win out of nowhere. Um, but just with my Delver of Secrets, uh, Fast Clock, and the Counter Magic and Discard, it's pretty favorable. But we ended up having this super complicated judge call. <laughs> Uh, where, so what I'm like almost 99% sure happened is, um, he thought it was his end step, but it was really his main phase because I I think we like got distracted by an announcement or something. So both of our attention was away for the game for a minute. We come back to it and he's in in the middle of resolving a brainstorm and I'm like 99% sure it was his main phase, but he resolves his brainstorm, puts two cards back untaps his volcanic island draws a card (laughs) like he's starting a new turn and then uh uh, casts another brainstorm and i'm like well wait a minute that this was your main like i'm I'm pretty sure you just took another turn and he's like uh maybe i don't know and then we're like all right let's just call a judge because you know that's what you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do (laughs) and we call it we call a judge over and the judge comes over and he's like all right it's the easy fix we're just gonna we're gonna count the cards and we're gonna figure out what happened and like we're like halfway through the game at this point, so both of us has, have cast like multiple can trips. Uh, both of us have you know done all sorts of things uh, to kind of complicate the amount of cards in play. And the judge like counts them all up, and he's like, uh, "So based on my count, like both of you have skipped a turn, which doesn't make sense." Like, and I had been like dazing, so the land counts were off, and wastelanding, so his land counts were off. <laughs> and then so we're like we're trying to figure it out. He calls over another judge, and they're both trying to figure out what happened. And then at this point, we realize like, oh my god, I just realized the first play of the game is I thought seized, uh, I thought seized Emmercool out of his hands, uh, turn one, and the Emmercool shuffled back in, so that's why he's one card short. And then, like they end up calling the head judge over, and that like they're conferring, 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 and they come back and they're like, okay. Uh, what we think happened here is that, uh, Jerry, you're short a card, uh, so uh, we think you missed drawing a card, so you get a game rules violation for missing your draw. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm short a card because he drew yeah, an extra that's like, card because he took an extra turn. I, did you end up like, appealing that or no? It was the head Oh, judge. that was the head like, Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, but it's just like... I don't think that is right. Like I, he, I think he took an extra turn. Like I don't think he did it maliciously. No, at of all. course, like, he was a nice yeah, guy. Yeah. Like, and we were, we both got distracted. Like, I, I can imagine mistake. like going like start your turn drawing a card and then like getting distracted and then be like all right start my turn draw another card. I can imagine right, that. Exactly. I can imagine that happening pretty easily. I feel like you're listening to announcements yeah. and whatnot. Exactly. So like I'm, I'm sure it was like totally a mistake, but I'm almost positive he accidentally took another turn. Um, and then they come back and they say, oh, you're short a card because you missed a draw <sighs> step. So here's a warning. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, whatever. Yeah. I, I ended up winning the game, so it didn't matter. But it was just like a ridiculous judge. Yeah, call. I'm not a huge fan of that. <laughs> 
Um, so next round, I played against Michael, who was on Bug Delver. And um, I ended up winning 2-1 because, guess what, Pat? I won the die roll. <laughs> it was a death rate shot mirror, and I won the die roll. <laughs> um, but what happened was, so what it came down to in the third game was he dismembered my, he tried to dismember my Gurmag Angler uh, going to three life, and I had the days as the last card in my hand. Um, so I was able to just, like, get that, like, he was, he looked at my graveyard, he saw there were two, two dazes in my graveyard and he like did the probability math. And he's like, all right, I, I got to go for it. Dismember. <laughs> and last card in my hand was days for the blowout. Uh, so at this point I am uh, five and one, no uh, six and one at this point. And I play against uh, this. Gr- oh, so first I go and I sit down at my table and we're getting ready. We're sleeve up. We present. We do mulligans. And all of a sudden, a judge comes over and just goes, uh, excuse me, are you Jerry me? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you, you need to come with me. <laughs> so <laughs> just like, uh, the, the best part was when he did it to Dan. And Dan gives him a look. He goes, no, you're not in trouble. He like the, the judge keeps saying, you're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. And Dan's like, well, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, you're not in trouble. And I'm like, Dan did yeah, not like, believe him at all. Like, at all. Did not believe yeah. him. <laughs> well, well, because Dan had Dan uh, Dan had just been like uh, DQ'd from an event because it was the whole yeah, thing that blew up on yeah. Reddit. That was like that was uh, very like, unfortunate. Yeah, he asked for like a prize split, and the judge like DQ'd him for bribery yeah. for some ridiculous reason. Yeah. So I can understand why Dan was paranoid in that regard. I mean, I was paranoid mm-hmm. and I didn't mm-hmm. do anything wrong. I'm just like, uh, what what happened? So the judge pulls me up, and I get up there, and apparently, so Ben Feingrash, who was undefeated day mm-hmm. one. Um, they accidentally dropped him from the tournament at, at eight and O <laughs> they like, they are not eight and O seven and O at this point, And they just drop him <laughs> from the tournament for some reason. So obviously they are like, Oh, we have to come back and we have to like repair a bunch of matches in order to, to get this to work. <laughs> um, so they come, they pull me away and then they're like, all right, we're going to bring you to your new opponent. And I go walking down the aisle and. I see Patrick's smiling face. <laughs> uh, th- first of all, I think you're imagining a smile on my face. I don't think I was smiling at all today. <laughs> uh, I forgot. I saw Patrick's Eeyore downcast <laughs> face. Uh, and of course, like everyone walking by, like the, like all the fans of the cast and our friends and everyone just come by and like, oh, of There course, was like three or four people watching us the entire time. <laughs> I know. Someone points out afterwards that someone should have recorded it and put it on the Facebook uh, page, it, but we didn't think of it at yeah, the time. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, it was hilarious. Is that it's like round seven and we're in the uh, the X and one yeah bracket. yeah. Um, so I'll, I'm like, oh sweet, I get this free win. Pat Pat said all day how he doesn't want to be here <laughs> and how if we get paired up, we're gonna scoop. So I keep I open my hand. But for, like, no 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 no, you can't. <laughs> First, I I'm gonna reiterate this. I said. I mean, I'm laughing. With a in his I'm eye, laughing because it's twink- funny to me. I'm like Jerry, you're gonna have to beat me. You have to. And be I'm like, me. oh, Pat's making a funny. I'm not joke. just gonna funny give you the win. Bad. Funny guy. I'm not gonna give you the win. You have to. You have to be an adult. You have to earn it. Funny you guy. You have Pat. to earn it. Oh, man. Same reason. Oh, like, oh, I crushed yeah, that kid the, in the, round seven. The judges are in ear. The judges that are in earshot, and he doesn't want to think that I like bribed him or anything like that. I got wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, no, 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 no. no. Gotcha. Same reason I crushed that kid in round nine on his first, like on the cusp of his first day two at his first major legacy event. You gotta earn it, bro. You gotta earn it, man. 
Uh, luckily, Pat's a scrub, and I got Ugh. the win anyways. <laughs> I will have my revenge! Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm feeling pretty good. I'm X and 1 with one round uh, left in the tournament. I'm like, all right. One more, and I am, like, good for top eight tomorrow. This is going to be awesome. Then you play against a real Magic player. (laughs) I open up my top deck dap, get the pairings come in, and I'm like, oh, great. It's Noah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Noah Walker. So, Noah, I mean, I think everyone knows, is probably one of the best uh, Grixis Delver players in the country. Yeah, dude's legit. Um, Was he on Grixis, or was he on Checkpile this week? He was on Grixis. He was on Grixis, and... Um, I mean, super nice guy. It was actually my first time meeting him, so I actually just liked uh, meeting him uh, for the mm-hmm. first time. Super nice guy, super fun to play with, but uh, he won the die mm-hmm. roll. <laughs> so, I mean, it's the Death Rite Shaman Mirror. Um, he he rolls rolls me game one. Game two, I roll him. Uh, I like, so I brought in, like, the life from the oh, home yeah. out of my sideboard, and I just, like, I waste locked oh. him and then got true name Nemesis with Umazawa's Jit oh. on it. And just Woo-hoo. like rolled. I'm getting in. the tinglies. Yeah, it, yeah, it felt real good. <laughs> uh, but then game three came, and he goes underground sea deathrite shaman. I go underground sea fatal push. He dazes my fatal push and just proceeds to steamroll mm-hmm. me from there. And as we're shuffling up, we're like, "Hey, yeah, it was nice to meet you." And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, both of those like games three and two. It's like there's nothing either of us yeah. could have done. It's just like you know." You, that's what the decks do it's like you you got the advantage and you just press it so i mean that's in case our listeners at home haven't picked up my i'm feeling pretty uh down on legacy just with the the death right shaman Mm -hmm. mirrors like i like the the bug deck playing against other decks but every time i play a death right shaman deck it's just it's miserable it's just like if I lose the die roll, I feel like I should just sign the match slip and save myself 30 minutes. Yeah, of my this life. is actually a great point to trans to, to kind of transition to our main topic tonight. The death right ban. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're not going to do that tonight. You're, you're <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> I, we're not going to do that tonight. No way. <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, the, the shit show that the Facebook I've been spending the last 48 hours just deleting posts, locking posts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i all i i had no idea so i made a i made like a salty comment on the page because like deep into day two i was just playing mono grixis delver and it literally just felt like i was flipping coins all day <laughs> um and i made like a salty post and it's like hey I, I lost the die roll two out of three times and they want to guess my record and it just exploded the death right shopping <laughs> debate on the facebook page well like i didn't i was not anticipating that my one salty post would end up uh, resulting in that <laughs> you didn't you did not get i mean uh bbd had the best the best <laughs> post. He's saying that they should ban Deathrite Shaman. Giving competitors access to this tool is proven to be too dominant for the game. And you scroll down and it's a Wikipedia link for a drag reduction system and drag right. racing. <laughs> yeah. B- BBD is a master troll. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. I wasn't even mad about that. I left the, po- the post open. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so starting day two, I played against Tommy, who's a, who's a local guy. He's a real good guy. Uh, he plays at uh, Gaming Etc. all the time, so it was nice starting off with a familiar face. Uh, he was on Grixis Delver, uh, but uh, I won the die roll, Pat, so, you know, we all know what happens there. So what happened then? <laughs> uh, I won 2-1 because I won game one, then he won game two, and then I won game three. 
just like every other time. <laughs> um, next round after that. Oh, by the way, I think we should mention at this point, uh, like 25% of day two uh, metagame was Grixis Delver. And interestingly, mm-hmm. so there was 18 Grixis Delver lists in day two. All 18 of them ran the exact same 60 main deck. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. There. It's it's fine. You know, everything's fine here. The room's not on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, <laughs> I stopped writing good notes. So here, so next round is Jeffrey Grixis Delver. He won the die roll. So it was 1-2 in his favor. Next was Ryan. He won the die roll. So it was 1-2 in his favor. <laughs> Uh, next it was, uh, oh, so this is actually a really good match. Um, I played against Jay, who's actually, uh, a fan, of, a fan of the cast, but didn't recognize me until after the, after the match was over. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, I just, I just realized, I recognize your voice. You're, you're Jerry from Leaving Legacy. I love the cast. So it was, uh, <laughs> he was a super awesome guy and he was playing a sweet deck. Uh, we went over it on the cast and he actually said, so, um, he found us through the tryhards. So also just shout out to oh, those yeah. guys. If you guys, uh, are looking for another podcast, uh, the tryhards podcast is a great one to check out. And, uh, they recommended him, uh, recommended us. So he came over and listened to our episode. One of the first episodes he listened to was, uh, when we did like the reanimator medley, uh, when we were talking about oh, yeah. all the reanimator decks. So he was playing the super sweet uh, Bob Hong special of the mono black Lake of the Dead reanimator list. Um, And man, that deck just has so many freaking win conditions. (laughs) So like (laughs) game one, game one, he uh, he goes like uh, Lake of the Urborg, uh, Dark Depths, Lake of the Dead. Uh, sack the Dark Depths to make four black Dark Ritual, Dark Ritual, Grizzlebrand. Oh <laughs> and I'm like, nope, nope, fuck that. Force of Will Grizzlebrand. There will be no hard casting Grizzlebrand in this house. <laughs> um, and, but he ends up just top decking Dark Depths' uh, Thespian stage and makes a 2020 when I have a lethal Gurmag Angler on board. So I can't attack into the into the uh, merit leash to with my Gurmag angler, and then the I have to pass the turn back to him because I have nothing to do. Uh, he's on like three life, and he just swings in and beats my face with the merit leash. Uh, game two, he blows me out of the water with the uh, pregame effect of leyline of the void, which is a like ridiculous uh card against me because it just completely shuts off my Gurmag anglers and tassigers as well pretty much it pretty much neuters my uh death right shamans as well um so i'm like all right that's that's pretty annoying um but but i uh collective brutality him and i see his hand is a uh, freaking helm of obedience <laughs> so he has <laughs> he has the helm of obedience leyline of the void combo uh, and he has like land, land, uh, land, dark ritual, uh, reanimate Iona. So collective brutality can only take an instant or sorcery. So I'm forced to take to reanimate. Um, and I'm like, all right, I got to find an answer for this helm. Got to find an answer for this helm. Luckily, he's he needs one more land to go off because he only has three. Um, and uh, the turn before he draws his second land, I rip pithing needle off the top of my deck. So I like 
windmill slam pithing needle name helm of obedience I'm like yeah this is great <laughs> and he goes land dark ritual collective brutality escalating discarding iona uh uh reanimate iona named black <laughs> which just absolutely blew me out so god that deck just has so many win conditions four different ways he he almost won the game <laughs> You know, hard gas grizzle brand, uh, dark depths, uh, helm ley line, and finally just reanimate uh, Iona. So uh, I picked up a loss there, and that that kind of crushed me. Uh, but he was he was a super nice guy. Uh, we signed each other's playmats afterwards, so uh, it, it was really fun playing against him. Nice. Yeah. Uh, next round, I played against Jeremy running a Lurin, and I I'm I'm positive at this point that a Lurin is my worst matchup. Like, mm-hmm. I just cannot keep up with their grind value. Um, you know, they just go, like, Baleful Strix into Shardless Agent, into Baleful Strix, into... He was running main deck Mana War. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought seized him, and it was, like, Baleful Strix, Shardless Agent, Mana War, Alluring. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so, I mean, that he, he easily 2-0'd me just because, like... It's kind of like the going back to the old Bug Delver versus Shardless Bug matchup. Like, Shardless Bug mm-hmm. always beats Bug Delver because you just outgrind them. Like, the decks are so similar. He just goes a little bit bigger and a little bit more efficient with a bit more card advantage. And I just can't keep up mm-hmm. with that. So, like, like I would, I would, like, Fatal Push a Baleful Strix, and then he would go Shardless Agent, Cascade into another Baleful Strix. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I took two steps backwards here. This is great. <laughs> so I got crushed in that match. I I think Aluren might be like a ninety ten match in their favor for um for my really? deck Aluren. Yeah, just because like like they don't even have to combo me. Like they can just beat me down and outgrind me. And then if I do somehow manage to get like a Gurmag true name uh, board state, which is the only thing that like actually not even Gurmag because they have Baleful Strix. Like I literally have to have the mm-hmm. nut of True Name Nemesis Umazawa's Jit, which are both one ofs. And even if I have that, they just have a I Win button and an Alluring. So not a good matchup at all. Um, but next round, uh, I played against Chris, and he was also on Grixis. Uh, I won the die roll, Pat. So what's that mean? <laughs> Uh, you won the die I roll. Won the die roll. You drew extra cards and got DQ. <laughs> yep, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I won that. So uh, I won that. Ended up going, uh, finishing uh, nine and six. I think was my fa- final record, which could have been better. But you know, a lot of my losses I felt just came down to the die roll. Whereas a lot, I mean, a lot of my wins came down to the die roll too. Where. I almost feel like five or six of my matches just were, I didn't play magic. I won a coin flip, but yeah. it was good enough for fifty fourth place. Uh, so I took home some cash, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm still happy with the Bug Delver list. I think I'm definitely going to be playing it for Seattle. Uh, it's been doing well. Uh, I just gotta you know really practice my die die rolling technique. Gotta really you know make sure <laughs> I uh, I win those because they're super important. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was my tournament. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it was quite the quite the experience. So, uh, did you have any uh, any kind of thoughts on the uh, the tournament overall, Abby? And be, you know, being your first, 
you know, big legacy event. Were there any thoughts you kind of had as far as a a newer player to this sort of uh, sort of style of tournament? I think my biggest takeaway is I can't even I couldn't have imagined how much like mental stamina I needed by the end of it. Like by the end of that first mm-hmm. day, I like was like, oh my god, I can't. If you want me to remember a trigger, it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> it was so brutal. And then the second day, like I can't. Like, I didn't know morale, like, played so much into it, but I was just like, wow, like, this mm-hmm. is really crappy. Just like, you mean, like, having, like, you, you said your first few matches didn't go your way. Yeah, and then just after that, I was just like, nope, I'm done now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I started the day at 40th place. Um, mm-hmm. Like, someone um, that, like, listens to the cast, Chris, he, like... Facebook messaged me. He's like, "Good job, ta- um, making day two your fortieth." And I was like, "That's so cool!" Yeah, <laughs> that that did not pan out, and so I was just like, so like sad. But then, yeah, like the last game, I like pulled it together somehow against miracles. But mm-hmm. um, so so speaking of places, uh, I didn't I didn't realize this, but uh, apparently at the end of uh, day one, uh, Pat, you were in twenty fifth place. Bryant Cook mm-hmm. was in 26th place, and I was in 27th place. <laughs> and I'm like, day two, I'm sitting there talking to you in the morning, Pat, and Bryant just comes up to us and just goes, oh, looks like we got a regular me sandwich. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I saw the picture afterwards, like, oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was really cool to be, to be you know, um, in the top 32, uh, you know, going into day two. Um but I feel, I have the same feeling as you, Abby. Like I wish I wish I could have converted on my opportunity there, and I think um, just if I keep grinding and and keep learning and keep working with uh, with the format, I will be able to take advantage of being in in a good spot after day one. You know. Yeah. No. I like can't believe how much I learned. Like, it was incredible. Like I just really play mostly at Pandemonium, and the decks that we see mm-hmm. are like obviously Grixis Delver. I played a lot of Grixis Delver. Um, I think I played like four or five games overall for mm-hmm. with just Grixis Delver. So, um, but I like really only play like Delver variants and Miracles. But at the tournament, like there was so much more variety of decks like I have never seen before, never played against, and so that was like an awesome experience and like nice. learning how to sideboard, also an art. <laughs> yes oh man i i totally agree i actually so last year um last summer after vegas i um i talked to our friend uh emma handy she did she did like tutoring sessions so i I took her up on the opportunity to do one with her and we just kind of talked for an hour about blue red delver she was on the prowess list for a while she was doing really well with it streaming it and taking it to tournaments and placing well and i wanted to even though you know i've been playing legacy and playing that deck for longer than she had she was also is just a very very good magic player and understands the game a lot better than i do and so what what i did was i was able to pick her brain for an hour and basically like for an hour i was just like look here are the matchups that i'm having troubles with can we talk about how these games play out and um, where I could be making mistakes in my sideboard and also like the theory in sideboarding. And like, for me, that was such a huge level up moment. And I haven't really been able to capitalize on that because I haven't really played Blue Red Delver since last summer. Um, but going into the, the, uh, two and a half K at Etsy two weeks ago, 
Um, I was able to actually use my notes that from that from that kind of session. Um, and I went five two there. Um, I lost my first two rounds, and then went on a five zero run, and then starting off six and zero at the SCG and finishing up seven and two after day one um, was su- was super uh, validating and felt like it was really time well spent. And um, I can't re- recommend enough like sitting down with someone who you who's a better Magic player than you and picking their brain um, and just like learning some of the theory behind sideboarding but also like the next level of knowing what your opponent's sideboarding so so then you kind of sideboard for their sideboard and that requires a um, a more in-depth knowledge of the format and you're not as it doesn't make things as it's you're not like just doing rote memorization necessarily it's a little bit more of a sub game so um i would highly recommend that because that was a big deal for me and it also made like like did you happen to bring a sideboarding guide with you when you went to the tournament i know you've been playing black red for a while but um, I did not, but I actually, um, went to, like, I played Pandemonium that Thursday to, like, prepare, mm-hmm. um, and my friend, like, slept over, but he, we could kind of grind it out a couple games, um, but mm-hmm. the reason, I actually had, like, a really super questionable sideboard. I put in Maelstrom Pulse, um, mm-hmm. and I, like, and everybody, like, Blake from, um, JP Comics, he, like, was like, mm-hmm. don't do that. Your deck is trying to go like off, not trying to like mm-hmm. sit there, right? And so that's why he like suggested the show and tells. So that was like one hundred percent, like three three of those victories at least, thanks to Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like super helpful to learn. Um, yeah, but I like I like really do want to find somebody. Um, that would be super awesome. Yeah, it was it was extremely helpful for me. Um, I can speak to that for sure. And even if you find someone who's not necessarily playing the deck, but it you you respect as a as a player and you think is, you know, like I said, personally, this is I mean, this is obviously unsolicited advice, but it just helped me a ton. And like being able to have a sideboard guide written down um, was also very helpful because, like you said, getting into those later rounds, and I felt it too. Like I, there was one game where I uh, was playing Grixis Delver. Actually, the the kid who ended up doing when the top eighting, I drew my my um, uh, my thunderous wrath right into my hand, and as soon as I did it, I said, "I was like, fuck!" And he's like, "Oh, you're running thunderous wrath?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously you know that now, but like, I was so careful the first like six or seven rounds or whatever, and then as the tournament's going on, and I'm in round eight, it's been a long day, and now I'm making these stupid mistakes that I yeah. would never make, you know, playing playing a four round local F and M or whatever. Um, so yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. And like the, uh, the ability to just grind it out in a long day like that is, is it's tough and it's, I think it's a learned thing and, uh, preparing, like doing little things like for me, preparing a sideboard guide was very helpful because it just made, uh, it made things a little bit easier. I didn't have to think too much in between, in between matches, you know, or in between sideboarding. Like I just kind of knew what I had to come out, knew what had to go in and, and kind of lent on that a little bit. It is bit. also just yeah. because it it takes so much off your mind. Like, thinking about sideboarding takes a lot of energy, and that's energy that you mm-hmm. don't get to put towards, you know, remembering your triggers or remembering your Thunderous Wrath. Or rolling dice yeah. really well. Yeah, or rolling dice really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the night before, so I slept over my uh, my friend Dan's house, uh, who we've had on the cast before with his uh, sweet uh, red-black deck. Um, and it was also our friend Josh Higgins up slept over, uh, who was running Red Black Reanimator, and we were up until like eleven o'clock the night before making sideboard guides for each other, just like talking mm-hmm. it out. And you know, Josh, uh, who actually ended up top sixteening the classic, 
Um, he, scr- he scrubbed out of the open, but uh, he ended up top 16 in the classic, and he could not say enough good things about the sideboard guide. Like, yeah. one of the right. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, if you want to be better as a player and you are not making a sideboard guide for yourself before tournaments, that is one of the easiest things that you can do that will have one of the biggest impacts immediately on your success in tournaments. One hundred p. If anybody wants to help me, I am so open to that. <laughs> Hit up Josh. I made him a sweet one, and I it worked out really well for him. So yeah, um, talk to people. Uh, throw it up on the Facebook group. Like that's what I love about the Leaving a Legacy Facebook group is p- people are so willing to help each other. Um, so yeah. like. Throw your deck, throw your sideboard up, say what you think your guides are, and I'm sure uh, there will be at least a couple people on there willing to lend their advice as far as, you know, how they think you should sideboard in certain matchups. Sweet. I think, like, um, it's my, like, uh, like the worst matchups for me are, and all red-black is, like, death and taxes. And I was just, like, I, like, bricked both those games. So I have no idea when to win this. I've never played a death and taxes before. And I just looked it up online before playing, and I was like, maybe Elish Norn? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are just going to be some matches that are almost like auto losses. Like, it's legacy. There are some things you're just not going to be able to beat. And those are also, like, that's part of your sideboard uh, guide decisions. Like, sometimes you have to be like, you know what? It's not worth it to make this matchup, uh, you know, even slightly better because you get so much worse in all these other areas. Uh, mm-hmm. Your your sideboard plan is a dodge. <laughs> dodge or, like, hope your opponent, Pray. like, get like passes out in the middle of your, your game. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Yeah, um, yeah, but overall, I, I had a really positive uh, experience there, so... Um, yeah, uh, was there anything else we wanted to go over before we got into our uh, scoops and whatnot? We'll be going over obviously the sorry. We'll be going over the top eight, uh, day two meta, etc. We'll be doing that likely next week. But I yes. knew our I knew our tournament recap was going to take some time, so I want to make sure we give the tournament itself uh, its due. But I think people really enjoy the episodes where we talk about our tournament runs, um, our weekend legacy, and to have three people in day two. On this, on an episode, uh, I think it's pretty pretty exciting. So yeah. I hope you guys enjoy that uh, for sure. Yeah, next week we're yeah. having uh, Adam Falls on, who uh, he actually ended up uh, top aiding the event with lands. So we're gonna go nice. over uh, kind of his experience in top eight and day two, and just kind of go over the meta in general. I think we're gonna focus a lot on day two t- uh, next week uh, for Adam. Okay. See how uh, lands went because. Uh, with that many Grixis Delvers in the room, that's like a land's paradise. Well, yeah, I shouldn't say that. Blake, Blake, she made some great points on the uh, Facebook page uh, earlier today about how the mm-hmm. Grixis Delver matchup is not nearly as easy as uh, people, uh, you know, think it is compared to like their memories of lands versus other Delver decks. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. I'm curious as to what the reasons behind that. I'll have to check uh, you out pr- her post. You probably deleted her post because it said Deathrite Shaman, Pat. <laughs> oh, yeah, I might have. I, honestly, like, all right, for the people on the on the group, like, after the tournament, everyone's like, Deathrite Shaman this, Deathrite Shaman that. And, like, listen, if it was one thread that was, like, going to 120 comments, which we did have one or two of those, that's fine. But when every other post is, like... Uh, Deathrite Shaman meme or like Deathrite talking about Deathrite. <laughs> I just I just put a post on like listen, Deathrite Shaman threads are gonna be deleted, and I've just been 
going fucking roughhouse <laughs> I, on I all of them. I posted that. It's, like, it's been great. Literally, as soon as you posted, no more Deathrite Shaman post, the, the group became mono Deathrite Shaman. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. It was that before I posted that. It was that before I posted that. You know it's yeah, true. Yeah, and everyone's saying I I have a I have a ve- I very I don't I almost never mod that page <laughs> because it's grown beyond our capacity sometimes to mod it like super no, super uh, frequently. No, so. no, 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 no. You almost never mod that page because you leave it to me to clean up all the messes. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I leave the mod chat and I'm like, Jerry, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I had to re-add Pat to our mod chat today. He's just like I'm an admin and I had to get re-added to the mod yeah. chat because <laughs> you're just like. Like, uh, yeah, I left that chat. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Awesome. Well, like, let's get into our scoops then, Jerry. Who are you going to be scooping in the top eight this week? Uh, th- so these are kind of combo scoops and announcements. Uh, so our friend Warren, uh, awesome guy, uh, he is doing his uh, yearly Legacy March Madness again. So that just got posted up on the Facebook page. And what it is, is um, he's been taking polls, uh, you know, interviewing kind of the the brightest minds of legacy, as well as posting polls on like Twitter and the source and other various uh, legacy hotspots to kind of get an idea of what some of the most popular legacy decks are and what people want to see. And just kind of like basketball March Madness, he made a bracket of these sixteen legacy decks and uh, sixty four. Oh, legacy sixty four legacy decks. Yeah. yeah, I know basketball. Come on, Pat. I, it's sweet sixteen, right? They're sixteen, right? <laughs> that's 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 after they get through the the top sixty four and the top thirty two. That, yes. That's too much attention span for basketball for me, men. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even watch basketball, but I know what the I know what March Madness is. Anyway, I mean, this continue. is legacy, so I'm 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 in on this. <laughs> uh, so, 64 <laughs> legacy decks, and it's basically just like regular March Madness, where fill out your bracket, and at the end, we're gonna find out, you know, who came up with the perfect bracket. Uh, so, mm-hmm. if you're interested in participating in that, that is on the Leaving a Legacy Facebook page right now. Uh, so, get on it. Uh, awesome. yeah. Also, just want to give another reminder. Uh, this Saturday, so actually the day after this episode comes out, uh, Jeremy, our friend from uh, Missouri MTG, his uh charity five k, uh, out in Missouri is taking place. So that's going to be a loaded event. If you are anywhere near that event, you should go to it because the EV is oh, yeah. insane. Um, yeah. You know, also, he just runs like great tournaments. Yeah, I mean, he's, he just runs awesome tournaments, uh, but this tournament's also for uh, benefiting the Cancer Research Institute, so it's a great cause, and we actually sent him a bunch of uh, Leaving a Legacy playmats, too, uh, for, I Hell think yeah. he's either doing a silent auction for them, uh, or they're going to be part of a raffle to uh, benefit the uh, the charity cause, so if you've had your eye on a Leaving a Legacy playmat, uh, that's a way to get it. Nice. Uh, and then I just also wanted to shout out just all the awesome people at uh, at the event. Like it was just awesome just seeing everyone, and in particular Zach for taking down the classic again. Zach just winning left and right here. Um, yeah. Zach oh. ended up winning the classic, <laughs> and also my buddy Josh, who I mentioned before, top sixteen, uh, one of his first big uh, legacy tournaments with Red Black Reanimator. So congrats to both of you, and also just congrats to all the other uh, guys who uh, guys and girls who uh, top eighted and top sixteen the uh, the two events this weekend. Nicely done, nicely done. Uh, Abby, how about you? How do you, who do you want to scoop into top eight this week? Well, I mean, I want to really say thank you to everybody at Pandemonium who's been super nice to me. 
And, like, everybody that was just, like, genuinely, like, so nice at the tournament. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, one of my friends was, like, telling me how everybody that I met was, like, super happy and, like, super glad that to met me. And they said it was, like, really cool. So I'm, like, so happy to have met such a great community. And honestly, like, thank you guys. Even you guys, like, for inviting me to the cast. That's so cool. So, like, (laughs) just everybody that's been, like, so awesome. Everybody I played against was, like, great. And so, you know, super, super thankful for just an awesome magic community awesome. coming back to it, especially. Yeah, well, welcome. Yeah, that's great. Glad you're a part of it. Yeah, and thanks so much for coming on this week. It was great to have you. Yeah, man. Thanks. Anytime. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to scoop in. Uh, I just want to scoop in this week. Uh, Tom Smiley, he was he was at the event. Um, I saw him on uh, Saturday. He was there on Saturday and Sunday, I believe. Um, but he was like... Uh, he had all the positive energy and excitement that I should have had. He was just like giving it to me. He was giving it to me. He was super amped for me, really excited, and also like was really kind enough to send me some 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 good um, uh, kind of advice and also like just positive vibes uh, after after I kind of crashed and burned on day two. So I just wanted to scoop in Tom for just being a super awesome guy, uh, being uh, just just extremely it was extremely nice of him. And generous of him to do that. He didn't have to. He didn't have to, you know, be that way. And I just really appreciate it. It was very nice of him, and uh, and just wanted to give him a scoop in the top eight. Yeah, ditto. Same, same goes for me. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, um, Jerry, do you have a, a data roll for this joke game that we're doing? Apparently now. What do you mean? Apparently now? We've been doing it for months. <laughs> yeah, I know. But are you already sick the other- of the jo- joke game? I'm just sick. I'm sick of these these die roll things. Why do you I don't like, hate I don't, our fans, Pat? I'll tell you why. Because a lot of them are bad at jokes, Jerry. <laughs> they're nice people, but they're bad at being funny. Okay? A lot of these jokes are duds. There's so many good jokes on this list. So many good ones. Uh, I think I think it's probably an overstatement. But <laughs> so <sure>. many good jokes. <laughs> Uh, For some reason, I can't see the list. Yeah, I don't know why. I actually saw that too. That's weird. Uh, so we got an eight, but let's see if we can actually. Did you delete the list, Pat? Is that what? No, happened? I, I swear to God, I didn't. I did not. I did not. Uh, this is a good one, Chris Stewart. Oh, this is a stupid. <laughs> this is, this a good is exactly one. the. This is exactly what I'm talking this about. This is a good one. What's brown and sticky? A stick. It's that is a bad joke. <laughs> it's not even funny because well, you deliver it like a limp biscuit. Like Jesus Christ, man! Have some candor. When uh. I'm deleting that comment, and we're gonna go with the next one. Ah, <laughs> uh, Bob Champy. This is also a great, great. I love this oh, joke. Oh God! You don't get to say the jokes so anymore because bad. you have no delivery. Where's your paunch? Come on, my paunch. Yeah. It's your word of the day. Look it up. How many? I don't think that. I don't think that word means what you think it I means. I don't think Jerry. you mean what you think you mean. <laughs> How many Dragon Ball Z characters does it take to change a light bulb? Just one, but it takes them three episodes. Just FYI, <laughs> a paunch is a large. The definition of a paunch is large or protruding abdomen no, or stomach. That is a so pouch, fuck you, Jerry. That is a pouch. No, a paunch. P a u n c h. I'm I'm Wikipedia, not Wikipedia. I'm dictionarying this. Uh, Ponch, adjective, comparative paunchier, superlative paunchiest. Having a paunch, having a oh, okay. So, 
<laughs> that's not that's not the word I was thinking of. <laughs> There's another definition. There's another. Were you thinking of panache? Mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> What's the definition of panache? Oh, well, it's a French word. I don't know if we can find a. Oh my god, this is a. This is a nightmare. I'm so sorry, Abby. You had to be in this episode. <laughs> Stop. No, that was, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Something all right. Uh, a panacha is a coarse grade of sugar made in Mexico. So I don't. Yeah, think that's not it. Definitely that. Pa- panache. Panache is a French word. It means flamboyant confidence or style that's, of style or manner. That's what I meant. That's that's the word that I meant. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's all, You're a mess. That's Jerry. what I said. That's totally what You're I said. You said you know you said you absolutely said paunch, <laughs> which means a fat belly. Listen, I'm I'm a prolific reader, and I see these words, and they're great words. But you know, I don't Books. always sound them out out loud all the time. Jerry, Jerry, you know you know my old <laughs> adage: books are for nerds, right? So, all right. So, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find Jerry at J M E three R D on Twitter. You can find me at Pat Uglow. Uh, twitch.tv slash Pat is a stream. Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. You find us on Hipsters. You can join the Facebook group if you want to get lost in the nonsense of there, a death rate shaman. Uh, <laughs> and if you want to email the show, you can email Leaving a Legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. Abby, do you have like a, a Twitter or a Facebook, anything you want to put out there that if you, people want to contact you and talk about magic? Sure. Um, I have a Facebook. Um, my name is Abby Lai. You definitely message me. I don't really know how Twitter works. Um, so I don't do that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But awesome. I do have Facebook. I oh, also have great. an Instagram account. I don't oh. know what the information for that is either. <laughs> <laughs> so that's super helpful. Abby is a woman of mystery. Uh, maybe you find her. Maybe you won't. <laughs> also, my name is spelled A-B-B-E, not to be confused as Abe, which is quite <laughs> common when people read the match slip. Uh, oh, also, I have one more announcement that I totally forgot about. Uh, the okay. TJ's event. There's the another TJ's uh, Legacy event coming up. Uh, oh, when, when is, is that? It? Where are my events? Are you sure? I'm terrible. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is bad. You did a bad job of I, planning here. I feel bad. I'm I'm a bad person. I'm a bad person. But everyone go to the TJ's Legacy event. It's going to be at the DCU Center. It's in... I believe three weeks from is when it this March thirty first. Uh, but oh yeah, March t- t- Titanium Series Plus. Yes, the Saturday titanium March thirty first. You got it because I can't find it. Give me those. Deets, oh, Pat. Jerry. Give me those deets. Yeah, you're a nightmare. Uh, let's see. That's modern. I don't see legacy on it's, here though. Uh, it's a modern legacy combo. Okay, so is legacy. I'm assuming maybe the first. Uh, it's on the Sunday. on Sunday. So that is, I believe, Easter. Easter. So yeah. Uh so it'll actually be three weeks from this when this episode comes out. TJ's legacy, more legacy, more awesome tournaments. Everyone come play and have fun with us. Yeah, I won't be there. I'll be with my family doing Easter things. But have fun at that tournament. Man, way to have like a family <laughs> that, you know, cares about you slash I know. You know Maybe maybe we have lots of uh, you know non Christian fans, Pat. You know why are you forcing yeah, your I, uh, your religion? Oh no no, I'm not a Christian. Uh, I'm not, know, oh no 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 no! Don't don't you dare put those words in my mouth, Jerry. <laughs> don't you dare. So help me, Grizzlebrand. I have to say though, Pat, I am so impressed that you 
can somehow play magic and like have a family. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I don't play magic well enough to like to be I think to be impressive. <laughs> um it's it's tough. It's um yeah, I don't know can... if you heard though. Um, day twoing legacy kind of a big deal. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I was telling Tom especially too. Like I felt like I ran, I got very lucky. Like I, I drew the cards I needed to draw when I needed to draw them. But I th- don't get me wrong. I feel I am I am proud of it. Um, and I I appreciate the uh, the kind words. It, it is it is difficult I think to juggle to juggle both. Um, it's tough to have a hobby and a family. And I'm lucky that I have a really awesome wife who. Uh, who puts up with my, you know, the requirements or the, you know, the time I have to put into the hobby. Um, uh, she puts, she puts up with that for me and I, I do appreciate that. So, <laughs> and thank you again. That's very kind. All right. Well, thanks again, Abby, for coming on. It was, it was super great to have you. No, thank you so much for inviting me. This is awesome. Yeah. This is so much <laughs> if, fun. Wait, did we already, did we already sign off? Did I miss that? <laughs> I didn't get my play. Oh, wait, I don't do that anymore. All right. Watch out! Watch out!